Hey everybody, and welcome to our percentile vice. My name is Emily. I am joined by Steve and John. And tonight we are playing in my Call of Cthulhu campaign. So we did a one shot called the Wrecked Temple. You guys seem to enjoy it. So nice, we decided to do it twice. twice. So it's not really a one shot anymore. It's more of a when we feel like playing it. It's a shoot your shot. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Before we get started, we want to show you something cool we got. So, Call of Cthulhu is produced by Chaosium, and Chaosium does Chaosium Con in April. Second annual. Second annual. We were at the inaugural event. It was awesome. It was amazing. Uh, and we are going to the one in April, the second annual, and we got some really cool t-shirts. So Shout out, Chaosium. Yeah. Chaosium these, Con. These, these shirts are Feel epic. free to uh, you know, sponsor us at any time. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> but uh, you guys should go online. Do they go to the Chaosium website? Uh, you go to uh, Redbubble, and if you type in your search Chaosium Con, you'll find that stuff. Uh, shirts, yeah. hats, stickers. Lots of different colors. Uh, posters. John got like a buttery yellow color, and we got the black ones because black like my soul kind of thing. I get black because they say black is slimming. Yeah. But I've been wearing nothing but black for like three weeks now, and I haven't lost a single pet. Not one. I wear black because I want everyone to know exactly how many cats I have. <laughs> 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 All right. So do either one of you want to do a recap, or you want me to do a recap? You do a recap. You're okay. a good recapper. I'll try. So, Mr. Nathaniel Young, which is Steve, and Mr. Bernard Mitchum, Played by John over here, found themselves on a plane to a all-expense-paid trip to Morocco. They were joined by several other passengers, and after quite a bit of uneventful plane travel, the pilot and the one stewardess jumped ship, jumped plane, and the plane was crashed into a giant whirlpool, which pulled it down to some kind of underwater cavern system. <laughs> what are you doing? The eye wiggles. Uh, and you guys got a chance to explore this underwater cavern system and meet some very interesting people from Nafrim Corp, who happen to own several different companies, several different proprietary brands. Turns out it was Nafrim Inculturated. Correct. Hmm. And they had devised a very brilliant plan to get a uh, volunteer. Can I get that of them again? Mm. <laughs> I appreciate it at some point tonight you record that so we can just have it on the buttons. That was really mm. good. <laughs> but they had come up with this ingenious way to get uh, volunteer sacrifices, which was to have these elaborate contests out in the ether, on the internet, on YouTube, Twitter, mail-in, you name it. And part of the fine print was that they could sacrifice you to their god. Who reads that Who stuff? reads the fine print? Read the fine print, folks. You could be signing up to be a sacrificial lamb. Anyways, Corporate you were able to, <laughs> you were left alone in these caverns uh, after the people from Nafrin Corp excused themselves to let you sort out who would be the sacrifice. Um, you encountered a very large, very nasty, worm, eel-like creature, very, very large. Affectionately known as the water weasel. The water weasel. Uh, that you expertly uh, home alone your way out of it by smashing him into the soft palate of his mouth with a giant anchor. Um, we wrecked him. 
You did wreck them. Shit, we killed it. <laughs> and we were able to find a nearly fully intact submarine um, that had some poor passengers that had departed. But you found some good information about Nafram Corp and some of the things that they were doing, and that these two people were from Statham Corp, which seems to be some sort of other company that's involved in all this, but seems maybe in direct conflict with the Nafram Corp. It's hard for you to tell at this point. You're able to inverted water straw your way out of the caverns. It was a brilliant plan to flood the water. The, the cavern with water so the sub would float up to the it top. was it was brilliant and you know physics be damned i thought it was great <clears throat> i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna call we were good on the physics on that part <laughs> we may have been off on some other physics yeah. we operate under the rule of cool in this household <laughs> putting jet fuel into the diesel yes, generators worked just fine <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing it's crazy just a few tweaks yeah i mean it didn't have to last for a long time it just needed to last long enough right <laughs> Uh, and you uh, buoyed your way to the surface and waited for a couple hours until dawn began to break when the homing beacon on your submarine summoned some sort of large helicopter that came and scooped you guys and your two other companions, Evan and Jasmine, out of the submarine. So, we find ourselves on... Can we call our Lieutenant Jasmine? Why? I'm so scared. Why? Because she only has one leg. Then we should call her Eileen. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. So we find ourselves on a helicopter. You are being transported somewhere you don't know. There seems to be one man dry, uh, flying, not driving, the helicopter and a passenger of some sort up at the front. And then there's a large kind of open area where there's some seating and um, they've already helped you load Jasmine and kind of secure her on a gurney of some sort that um, keeps her stabilized. And you are now flying off into daybreak. Did we notice any corporate markings on this helicopter no. as we were raised up to it? And do we looking around the <clears throat> Cargo slash cabin area. I've noticed anything like that. Any badges on their flight uniforms or anything? No. Uh, the entire helicopter is like a flat black on the outside. There seems to be no markings interior-wise. Um, it's very standard issue, you know, metal, the beigeous green straps of, you know, different harnesses, things like that. But there doesn't seem to be any kind of logo branding, even on the pilot and his co-pilot's um Outfits, they seem to be wearing just basic black flight suits. Does the pilot have his hand on his stick? Yes, both hands. It's two stick operated. <laughs> Occasionally the co-pilot helps, takes one stick. It's, it's a whole thing. So, you are now in a very large helicopter. What would you like to do? Hey, uh, Nate. Yeah. You think we have parachutes on here? You know, normally I wouldn't even have thought to ask that question, but given our history, that is a really good question. I'm going to start looking for the parachutes while he's talking. <laughs> so you get any idea who these people are? I'm, I hate to think we jumped from the frying pan into the fire. 
That's probably a bad analogy. Uh, from the aquarium into the ocean? I don't know, man. But So you looking around, you do see several different packs and things like that, that in your time, having been on any kind of number of um, small planes, they're hung up in a fashion that would imply parachutes. Um, it seems... It's not frilly or fancy. There's not like cabinetry or anything like that. Everything is hung from hooks or strapped into different compartments. It's all open facing kind of things. And you can see like inflatable rafts and first aid kits and everything is in a state of, I don't want to say patina, but it's not brand new. Everything shows wear. That makes sense. That's comforting, by the way, after the uh, brand new <laughs> plane we took down. To the no more brand new planes. <clears throat> Are the pilot... And co-pilot wearing, like, helmets, headsets that they're communicating to Yes, they have headsets on. Have they given us headsets with which to communicate with them? So they have gestured that behind your seats there are a number of headsets that you can put on to be able to communicate. Um, But they are currently not communicating with you. They got you on the plane. It was all very cut and dry. Sit here, strap in, get her on the gurney, you know, and things like that. But one of them did take the time and kind of gesture up. You need anything. Try not to need anything. And... Gotcha. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab one of the headsets, put it on, you know, move the little mic towards my mouth and say, "Hey, uh, uh, geez, are you guys like with the government or or what?" <coughs> Over. And this is what you hear. Get to the chopper. Get the chopper. <laughs> Now, the co-pilot, uh, you see him kind of click on his, like, uh, no, not with the government, sir. With Statham Corp. Oh, so that was uh, that was your submarine, then. <clears throat> you lost a couple of people. <clears throat> Affirmative. We're aware. Um, where are you taking us? Statham Headquarters, London, of course. Uh. Jeez, and uh, <clears throat> think we could catch a flight back to New York after that? That's out of my hands, sir. I'm only a transport to London. Where you go from there is none of my concern. Yeah, what does uh, Statham Corp do, man? Like, are they, I mean, geez, are they, are they specialize in anything or just one of these multinational conglomerates that are just screwing everybody? Uh, all questions about Statham Corp should be directed to Statham Corp, sir. Well, that answered my question. They're a multinational conglomerate that's screwing everybody. Is there anything else you need, sir? Crackers? <laughs> this isn't a private airline, sir. I ask you to keep the airways clear unless you have other questions that are pertaining to the current flight travel. Roger, that's a good copy. Over. Unnecessary. Click. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. <clears throat> so, if there's nothing else you immediately want to do, we can do a little hippity-hoppity time traveling through your ride. Montagi? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So it's a it's a long ride from where you are to where you need to be. There are a couple pit stops for fuel, for any number of things. We're able to get out on these like small private helipad type deals. Um, nothing really in the way of like <clears throat> being able to go inside of a building or anything like that. They do at one point have one that has like some like porta potties outside that you guys are able to go use. As you know, I was going to ask if I could use the bathroom. Because I know you too well enough. <clears throat> Um, they do have at some point, like they give you like small bags of crackers, but they <laughs> are 
stale at best. They're they seem like they've been in some old lady's purse for like two years, you know, kind of crackers. Like he he rummaged them out of the glove box just to appease you. Um, they're there's... mostly dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little pack of four, but it was like two and a half by now. Yeah. Um, they do do some frequent checking on Jasmine and her vitals. Um, one of them issues her some medication, re-bandages her wounds, re-secures her. He seems to have some decent medical training. Um, and then they get back on their way. Um, you eventually do reach a large estate just outside of London. And this estate is sprawling in rolling country hills. Very green, very beautiful estate with, you know, manicured hedges and ornamental grasses. Palatial. Yes, that would be a good word for it. And towards the back of the property, there is a helipad that is kind of detached from the property. But is that just a pad? No, it's a helipad. It's a helipad. Um, and they touch down. The pilot and his co-pilot get out and help you guys, you know, get yourselves out. Somebody comes from up a path with a large gurney and they are able to get Jasmine on and they take off going back down the pathway with her, leaving you three, you, you and Evan at the helipad. Um, A gentleman walks up to you, younger gentleman, and he was like, ah. We've been expecting you. Please come this way and we'll get you more comfortable and get you a chance to change clothes, eat, anything you need. Um, you do have dinner plans at uh, around eight with Mr. Stantham. Okay? Okay. Oh, geez. All right. Wonderful. And he <clears throat> issues you down this long walkway. And this walkway is absolutely beautiful. There's like stone <clears throat> uh, statues and gardens and it's all very picturesque, perfectly manicured and not a pebble out of place. Um, you approach a very large estate that is in the older style, but definitely either well-maintained or of a newer construction. It's hard to tell, but it, it has that old London feel to it. You know, several stories, um, bay windows. Stonework. On stonework. The there is some ivy growing along some of the sides. Like, it looks like it's been there for a while, but it doesn't have the patina or the age of a home that would be original to that style. Um, and they lead you into like a small receiving room. On the way in, did I notice anything on the grounds like vehicles, a uh, road that, you know, leads out of this estate or anything like that? Okay. Uh, make me a spot in. I should have let you guys do improvement, but I don't think you guys not, you know, match like what you guys did successfully. That's a failure. Okay, so you're not able to see any vehicles of any kind. Um, you do see some roads, obviously, um, that kind of either skirt along the edge of the properties or there are some cut-throughs, but it seems like they've tried to maintain kind of constant grass. Um, where there are these roads, they are very neatly hedged with, you know, paver stones, and, and they're made to look as presentable as possible. They're not like dirt or gravel. They're They're very much... A high-end thing and they wouldn't fit like a large size vehicle it would maybe be um, a golf cart or some kind of smaller vehicle that would be able to traverse these small narrow drive paths mm-hmm. okay so they issue you into a small like receiving room off the back of this house 
house is a poor term for it. It's more of a manor. Um, the receiving room has some chairs, tables. It's all very well decorated in kind of that old library aesthetic. You know, there's a lot of dark greens and woods and gold accents, but it's comfortable. Um, having spent so much time underground recently, you know, the warmth of this, this home and the fact that it, it's not wet wet and chilly it's it's quite it's quite nice because you went from underwater dank and dark to turbulent windy helicopter you've had a about 24 hours of just being constantly uncomfortable yeah, but it wasn't just a copter <laughs> it was a, a helicopter. helicopter yes so the young man says okay um if you'll just head up the stairs first door on your right um there's going to be um a dual bedroom with two rooms and then the one on the left has also two bedroom or one bedroom with two beds in it and each one has an attached bath you can decide amongst yourself how you'd like to um deviate uh you have about an hour and a half before dinner so please there's been clothes provided of various sizes to your comfort levels so please take the time take a shower get comfortable and um i'll meet you back here at eight o'clock yeah i'm, I'm sorry what, what was your name sir oh jonathan okay hey john hey uh johnny boy can you give me some some information on 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 our other companion, uh, Miss Jasmine. Oh, certainly. She's been taken to the infirmary to have her wounds cleaned, attended to, um, and set best they can. Uh, I uh, I was told that they would um, give us an update to provide to you at dinner. Right now, they're assessing her needs and making sure that they can be remedied. But she is in very good hands, and I will have an update for you when I take you to dinner. Okay, great. And so if I'd like to see her at some point, would I work that through you or through somebody else? What's, what's your position um, here, Jonathan? Oh, I'm, I'm just merely a, you know, a servant of the household. I help in many tasks. You can definitely see through me or after dinner, I can take you by the infirmary so that you can see where it is and you can go yourself. We can't go right now because, like I said, they are, antis- you know, anticipating right, right. her needs and just kind of making sure she's okay. But as soon as we get the all clear that she can have visitations, you are welcome to visit there at any time. Are they going to save the leg? I am unaware, sir. I don't have a lot of medical training, but I have made sure that they will give me an update by dinner so that we can let you know as soon as we know. So uh, up the stairs to the left? To the left or right. There are two bedrooms, each with two uh, full-size beds and an attached bath. And he kind of waves the three of you towards the stairwell. Mr. Boy. Uh, Jonathan. Is there a library here? Well, certainly. If you'd like, after dinner, we can, I believe, you know, we could swing by the uh, infirmary to show Mr. Na- uh, Nathaniel where that is. And uh, the library is not too far from there, so I could take you by there as well. After dinner, you said? Yes, uh, after dinner. I'd be happy to show you around the grounds, and I'll take you wherever else you'd like to go. We could to the kitchens. I can take you on a tour of the gardens. It's it's my job to make sure that you feel at home here at, at the Stathams Manor. All right. Now we'll go upstairs. So, uh... <clears throat> who's and two of us are bunking together and, and geez one of us is alone um, how we want to play this I look over at Evan Evan has been very quiet yeah he's still shell shocked he he from the submarine ride to this point has probably uttered just in the occasional uh okay like he is he's out of it um as he he begins up the stairs like he doesn't wait for you guys to finish questioning jonathan he begins up the stairs and hooks the left into the left room um he doesn't even shut the door you can see him just beeline straight for the bathroom door and shut it um he think i think he's just he's completely shut down he's on like limp mode basically he is just i was told to take a shower i will go take shower 
So he went in the bathroom? Of the left bedroom, yes. Which one was that? Was that the two or the one? Both of them are two bed or are two beds in the so you have a total of four beds to choose okay. from. There's two and two. It's like a double full size room. Do you think one of us ought to you know, stay with him or probably? Right. <clears throat> I got him. And I'll I'll hook a left into that room and uh I don't know, I'll probably hear the shower go on and I'm just going to throw myself down on one of the beds. Certainly. I've got no luggage, no nothing. I'd probably kick off my shoes. Is there like clothes? Yes. So at the base of each of your beds is a large trunk um, that when opened, there are like these pull-out compartments that kind of splay out almost like a woman's like uh, makeup container but they kind of so hinge it's like out. a tackle box is what you're very, it's a very large tackle box talk language we can understand i thought <laughs> i did it's not my fault you're uncultured so uh, each one pulls out and there's an assortment of different clothing in there uh, ranging from evan's size all the way up to someone much larger than alfred ever was um so it, you're able to kind of mitch and match and find things that are comfortable for you it's not the hugest array but there's several pairs of pants um several t-shirts cool. So right now I'm just going to chill on the bed and wait for Evan to get done in the shower so I can get my turn. Okay. I'll go ahead and shower. Okay. Um, so we'll start with you. So the bathroom and your bedroom. Make a scrub hidden roll. Scrub hidden. Get all that dirt. Um, the bathroom is well appointed with a number of soaps and shampoos and conditioners and any number of things you can need. Razors, shaving cream, it's all been laid out very nicely, um, has heated towel racks. It's its divine. The shower is massive. You could probably fit all four of you guys in there at the same time. Um, it's, yeah. Um, there's a very large clawfoot tub that you could also soak in. Um, it's very white with gold accents. It's, it's very charming. Um, the floors are not cold. They feel like they maybe have that heated tile throughout. Um, your bedroom has very lush nice beds they're not too soft but they're not too firm they're just they're just enough um you have the same kind of steamer trunk at the end that you can choose from your clothing there's bedside tables for each desk and then there's a small or each bed and then there's a small desk to one side of the bathroom for your use i'm gonna shower okay while evan's in the shower well here's a question for you um do I still have my sidearm? Yes. You both still have your sidearms. Nothing was taken from you. Nothing was, you were not even searched. Okay. Well, I'm going to take off my, you know, shoulder or harness and you know, tuck the gun and the harness up under the mattress. Mm-hmm. So. Certainly. Till later. Okay. Um, after 15, 20 minutes, um, Evan emerges from the bathroom in a towel goes grabs a handful of clothing some of it you're pretty sure is not going to fit him but it doesn't look like he took any time or reason to identify what he should be wearing um and begins to get dressed um as best he can leaving you open to take your shower as well if you choose to shower so you're able to get cleaned up uh shaved if you want to all those good things and around eight o'clock um you can hear some kind of chime in the home. To the best of your assumption, is some kind of what are you laughing at? I was just imagining you being like, "There's no non-slip stickers in the shower." <laughs> Roll me an acrobatics. 
That would be dumb. There's no rubber ducky stickers in the bottom of the tub. Um, but you hear some kind of chime that echoes through the home. It doesn't sound like the old school chimes where it would have been like embedded in the door. It sounds or in the walls. It sounds very much like a mechanical or like an electronic chime. Um, but to the best of your reasoning, it, that's kind of a a dinner bell, a summonings for dinner. All right. Well, I'll have put on a pair of pants, a shirt. If there was a tie in there, I probably would have put that on too. And a sport coat, something to uh, hide my holster and gun under. If it's not a sport coat, then a windbreaker or, or something. Even though it's nice and warm in this house, I want some over shirt type layer. I got you. Yeah, so there's definitely like either a sport coat or there's like a large cardigan style sweater that you can put on. It's really up to you. But it's I'm going to go with the sport coat because the way cardigans, you know, just lay, they're, the gun is going to show. So. Certainly. Okay, are you going to come down for But anything? I look amazing in a cardigan, and so unfortunately I just have to give up that right. to have the gun. I will get man. dressed as well, but the clothes, even though there are a wide array of sizes, I am a very unconventional size. Right. So when I put on the cardigan, it looks a little stretched. Right. Yeah, maybe the pants are a little too short, you know, because you normally either have custom done or you go to like one of the big and tall stores that, you know, specializes in. If you need a size that long, you don't have to get a size that's four times as big as you need it to be. My tailor is Roy Zabowski. Roy Zabowski. Yeah, unfortunately, they did not hire Roy for this. Um, You know, Roy would do a much better job. The stitching on this is subpar at best. Yeah. So... As you approach the stairwell, you can see at the bottom of the... Why are you guys laughing at me? <laughs> I was just thinking about Roy Zabowski. Where were you from? Atlanta? Norman, Ohio. Norman, Ohio. Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> Norman, Oklahoma. My birthplace was the hospital. <laughs> That's what it says on his sheet. Birthplace, the hospital. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out if Roy Zabowski was a kind of a regional thing because I'm, I'm from New York and I've never heard of this designer. No, yeah, he owns like a shop... <clears throat> you know, kind of small place, but uh, does quality work. It's worth the money. Yeah. Um, as you approach the stairs, you can see at the bottom of the landing, you can see Jonathan waiting there. He's changed into a um, a different attire. It's still formal given his work in the home, but it seems more casual for the evening time. Um, it's more akin to what you're wearing, like a sport coat and some slacks. It's not, you know, like a full butler's uniform. And he sees you guys approaching. Evan followed closely behind you. And he, you know, gestures, ah, yes, come, come, come. And you follow him down a hallway to a large dining room. Now, this dining room is well appointed. It's got large china cabinets and one of those very long oak tables. It can seat, you know, 16 people. It's massive. But you can tell by the way it's arranged that they really only use like the very first chunk of this room. It's rare for them, it seems, to have any use for the other side. This side, the table's a little more scuffed, you know, and everything is a little more pushed out. The other side seems to almost be untouched, aside from one door that leads into what you assume is a kitchen or some kind of um, butler's pantry. And sitting at the head of this table is an older man, um, a little older than you, um, probably... In his 50s, early 60s, um, is sitting at the chair. He's a little portly, but he's still, it seems to be in good health. Um, and as you come, he's like, oh, yes, come, 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 come sit, sit, sit. I will walk up and sit. So he's at the head of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I will kind of direct Evan to sitting <clears throat> uh, 
on one side but the second chair right. so that I take the chair and right next to who I presume is Mr. Statham. Yes. Um, as you sit down, um, a nice lady brings you a cup of water, pours you some water, um, begins to set out plates for you. <clears throat> Nothing, not the fine china, but it's 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 nice. It's used, but it's good good quality. Um, and the gentleman says, "Oh yes, I'm 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 so pleased to have you in my home. Uh, my name is Samuel Statham. I'm I'm so pleased, and I am I'm so sorry about the terrible hardship that you have incurred in the last day or so. Uh, please, please, uh, tell me tell me what." Uh, well, first of all, it, uh, your names. I, I've been told your names, but I don't know who is who. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Nathaniel Young. This is uh, this is Evan. Jeez, oh, Evan, I'm sorry. It's been so long since we got on the plane. I've forgotten your last name. Uh, Josie. Does Evan say that? Yes. Is that all he says? Yes. Just Josie. Josie. Uh, Evan Josie. This is our uh, good friend, uh, Professor Bernard. Ah, uh, yes. Bern- Professor Mitchum, I call him Barney, sometimes B. Mitch. Oh, that's quite endearing. Yes, Mr. Mitchum, uh, they, they did tell me that you're uh, quite the published author, and I, I've had the books uh, requested to be added to my library. I always love finding new and interesting people to, to read their life stories. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to your work. I I wouldn't say I'm quite the accomplished published author. I've had a book published, but... It was on something I am very prolific at. I'm not planning on writing more than one, to be honest. Well, I still think it is quite the achievement to to, to take one's life passions and to turn it into something you can share with others. I, it's quite noble. I I applaud you, sir. And uh, they tell me, uh, Mr. Young, that, you, that you're with the, the, the New York Police Department, is that correct? Yeah, Precinct 5 Detective Squad. Very impressive uh, service of your 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 city, your country. I I applaud you as well. That's that putting your life on the line for innocent citizens can't get much better than that. And uh, Mr. Evan, you're a you're a college student, is that correct? Evan, mm-hmm. he's like, well, you you keep at it. You do good in those studies. I'm sure you'll go great places like these two fine gentlemen in front of you. Uh, so do tell, do tell. Uh, what what happened down in this this whirlpool? I, I've been given some details, but they've been scant at best. I am, while he's talking, I am going to be very much looking in his face because I have dealt with a lot of corporate types. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you go in for a dig, Mm -hmm. there are some people who are very much interested in the history and they want to do the right thing and protect it and leave it to the people and then there are the other side who want to sell it to the highest bidder and steal other people's heritage for profit i got you um so give me some kind of role you can do like a uh psychology psychology or i mean i'm really a, a a spot hidden would be fine it's you're not looking to know like this man's motives. You're just trying to spot the telltale salesman side of things. So I would, and you have a good reason to understand either side. So I would take either. Nineteen on a sixty-nine spot hidden. Nice. Nice. Um, Click that box. Click it. Click it. So you can tell. Um, first off, he he seems very jovial. And very sincere when he tells you that he's like, 
incredibly impressed with you having written a book and that, you know, Nathaniel's in the police force and he's very happy for Evan to be going to college because he almost flushes in the face with like giddiness whenever he's, you know, talking about your achievements. Like he seems like one of the people who's just genuinely happy when people are happy. You don't get the impression of any sort of businessman. At, at best, this reminds you of like old men who tell stories in parlors and read stories to their grandchildren. Like you get that vibe that he okay, just. This guy makes me extremely uncomfortable because he's nothing like anybody from New York. Right. <laughs> so he's probably the opposite for you. It's like, but he seems, he's got this no, very over grand. The top there, uh, Sammy. Yeah. He's got this grandfather. It's kind of like the two guys in Central Park teasing each other while they play chess. Right. Exactly like that. He's got this grandfather jovialness about him. You doubt this man knows anything about business. Just the way he acts, he seems like he's just more interested in the human condition. Well, uh, Mr. Statham, is it Statham or Statham? I've been wondering since we read it on the uh, submarine. Oh, it doesn't matter. You can just call me Samuel. I, I don't go with the formalities. I, I, I it's, it's Statham, but I don't care either way. Okay, uh, so, hey, we all, we just, on an airplane, we all won a contest or something, and, you know, I, I bought a pack of cigarettes and scanned a QR, QR code, and I was entered, and I won, and they all won different ways, and we think we're going to Morocco, but pilot and the stewardess, they seem all weird, and next thing you know, they're bailing out, and this plane brand new, it's going down into the drink, right, and... This whirlpool just kind of sucks us down, but I mean, it's good that it did because then taking our downward motion and turning it into more of a circular motion, you know what I'm saying? In the whirlpool, oh. which, which I like in figures, that's uh, that's how we didn't just, you know, crash and burn, but uh, boom, plop down in the bottom of the ocean, perfectly dry. At the bottom Astounding. of the ocean. You look up, and it was like. You could see the whirlpool going back up to the surface, but the water around it, like, cause, cause this big cavern, it was just like empty, like no, no ceiling, but you could see the water kind of like dipping in. It was like uh, an inverted water muffin. Do you see the picture I'm trying to I, draw in your head here? I, I do. That's quite the description. Just kind of hanging there, like, and there we were in this plane. He looks over to uh, Jonathan. He's like, uh, Jonathan, uh, do do take notes for me, please. And Jonathan whips out a piece of paper and begins writing down. You, you can see him very laboredly writing inverted water muffin and like a huge question mark. Jeez, <laughs> hey, I don't know how we survived, but there we were surviving when we were getting out of the, the plane and uh, the, the shit in this cavern. Well, you know, Professor B-Money over there can tell you more about it because there was some really old shit, man. B-Money. Sorry. Well, they, we read through some of these stuff on the submarine, hmm. and we didn't find a whole lot in the actual uh, office space that they had, but there was quite a few historical artifacts down there. There was a Viking longship and Astonishing. a few old planes that looked like... One looked like it had been rolled around in there, and hey, don't forget that like Spanish man o' war or whatever that thing was. Yeah, a full straight out of a pirate movie galleon down there. Think incredible. Think of the the historical value of those artifacts down there. Were were they still intact when you left? 
Mostly. Don't blow on them. So I'm saying. The only thing holding them together was the fact that they were together. It's a good thing that there wasn't all the water in inside the cavern, because that would that would definitely have destroyed them. I'm sure. So, sir, I might have screwed that up a little bit. Well, we, well, what we, do you mean, Nathaniel? Well, we're trying to get out of there, right? And this is after we had to fight the water weasel. The water weasel? Oh, this thing was huge. It's like all slimy and translucent and no legs. Just big, huge mob. It was going through these tunnels. It's coming after us, trying to eat us. But, uh, uh, you know... Professor Barney over there, he uh, he came up with this great idea of how we could, like, using some of the ropes and, uh, yeah, I mean, even the, the seatbelts from the plane, we rigged up this pulley system and suspended this huge anchor up in the, it, it was it was awesome. And this big water weasel just comes down the, down the pipe and, you know, B-Money pulls the lever and we throw it. Uh, an anchor, you know, you know, the pointy end of the anchor right through this thing's head. Uh, Mr. Sh- uh, Statham is turns around to Jonathan. He's like, "Oh, it's it's like that movie you showed me, Jonathan, the one that you like so much." And Jonathan's like, "Yes, Home Alone, sir." Uh, he's like, "Yes, just like that. It was out, oh, wonderful, quite brilliant, in- in- ingenious." Right, so, uh, so then around one of these these little uh, tunnels, we find one of your submarines. Yes, I, I was told that one of my submarines were recovered. Uh, I actually have a team out now, but seeing if they can get it back to land and, and, and ship back. Um, so I appreciate the recovery of, of but it's my... it's just sitting there on the ground, dry as hell, with another smaller cavern, but again, inverted uh, water muffin right above us. So it's like, hey, this sub could be our way out. But geez, how are we going to do that? You know what I'm saying? Right, how, how would you do that? How well, did you do Forget about that? it. There was nothing we could do. So we got to thinking and... We made a straw. A straw, you say? Oh, well, we took like... To pieces, like, you say? Like fuel lines and just anything we could scavenge. And we made this tubular thing to stick up into the surface tension of the, the inverted water muffin. Thereby breaking the, water the surface f- tension, allowing the, the water, water to, to pour flow in. Down and f- as we climbed into your uh, sub. The place filled up with water. So absolutely brilliant! Bravo! Round round well, the table, boys! And, Bravo! You know, the uh, the main bullet point of this particular presentation was that uh, all those wonderful uh, historical artifacts—they're all soaked now. Well, that is unfortunate, but um, well. I, I firmly believe that uh, while historical items do have their value, none will come uh, in comparison to that of, of an individual human life. So you did what you must to escape, and I applaud you for that. Um, so very well done across the board, gentlemen. I'm, I'm absolutely astonished. I don't believe I would fare quite so well, do you think, Jonathan? And Jonathan's like, oh, uh, well, sorry, uh, don't answer that. I know you can't. And this back, and as you're talking, they begin to bring out food, and it's all okay. It reminds you of like, you know, somebody makes like a solid dish, but they're older and they add like no salt and pepper to anything. He's British. Yeah. So it's all, (laughs) it's all very bland. Um, But Jonathan does look at you guys as you like take a few bites and you kind of are having that face of like, "Mm, thanks, uh, an avocado. (laughs) And he like very delicately motions to one of the the people who are bringing in this gentleman brings out like a little craft thing that has like salt and pepper and Hot some, sauce. some various sauces and things like that for your 
And they don't put it down where Mr. Statham can get to it. They put it down where you can get to it because they already know Mr. Statham has no interest in it. Um, and you guys begin eating. And like I said, it's a solid meal. Like, it's it's good. Just definitely lacking in the, the spices and the seasoning. Um, so, so, Mr. Statham, I, I, I've got to ask. Um, you know, we kind of told you what went on down there. But uh, what is your relationship to, to Nafrin Corp.? Well, that that that's that's quite the question. To one of your subsidiaries or something? No, because no. Uh, think of us more as um, competitors, but where we are competing would be for the life and morality of the entire world. Well, just a small little game there. Just a small thing. Uh, it's all a bit complicated, but basically, um, the founders of Nafron Corp and the founders of Statham Corp have been around for a very long time. And throughout the years, they have gone under different names of different businesses and different politicians and you know, duchess and dukes and all these different things, but they've always been on these two opposing sides. You see, the founders of Nafram Court have always been trying to accumulate power. And they're into some very, very unsightly things. And, um, well, the Statham family, they've they've spent our generations trying to thwart the Nafram Corp families. Um, and we just... Always are trying to undercut them. They're trying to undercut us. And it's always something. It's always, oh, well, they've got a new cult. And then we've got to get new people to go deal with the new cult. It's all very, very exhausting. But, uh, basically. So they're just after power and you guys are trying to stop them. Yes, which unfortunately. Because, you know, where I'm sitting, you know, and, and from where I come from, we understand that money is power. And from where I'm sitting, you're not lacking any power. That's true. But unfortunately, you see, money is power, especially when uh, the legality of, of getting that money is no issue. You see, Nafram Corp will go through many different legal and illegal channels to get their money and therefore their power. We try to stay on the right side of morality, of law, of legal legislatures, all those different things. So while we are doing very well, we are not nearly as widespread and as monetarily powerful as Nafram Corp. So it does take quite a bit more effort on our part to thwart Nafram Corp, as it were. So a corporation with a conscience. Yes. And corporation is a bit of a strong term. You see, in order to have many different avenues where our funds are coming in to be able to fund Nafram Corp, you can't necessarily on your taxes write, you know, fighting arch enemy. Like, that's not... It's not going to fly. We have to have multiple businesses to kind of funnel money in so that we can spend on submarines and and things of that nature. So we have, just like Nafram, shell companies that do provide services and things like that, but the profits from those companies file into, well, here. And this is headquarters for our organization that will be... Fighting against Nafram corporations. You know, the way you explain it, I mean, geez, it's like, sure, you got a little side ventures to make sure there's cash flow going on, but the main purpose of uh, Statham's Corp is fighting Nafram Corp? In a nutshell, yes. And Nafram Corp isn't the only one. We've we've dealt with many of um, foul politicians and any number of things that deal with anything, how would you say, uh, not of this world. 
Sounds like vigilanteism, sir. Like you're taking uh, the laws and morality into your own hands and impose your will upon uh, everybody else. I'm not sure I'm real comfortable with it. Uh, and I do understand. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the the water we- weasel that you encountered yeah. is not the only creature of its kind that we have seen at Statham Corp. And local police officers and government agencies tend to not want to investigate large, translucent, worm-like things in underwater cabins. So... We do our best to protect the people of this earth from those things. We don't impose our will upon the people of the earth, but we try to keep Nafim Corp from, say, having sweepstakes to get sacrifices. Right. Yeah, you know, this roast is really um, good, don't you think, Barney? Um, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, Clive is the is the chef. He does a wonderful job. He makes it just the way I like it. And he's, you know, chowing down, pouring gravy onto his plate, things like that. Um, he seems... Typical dinner for him. You know, he's right there with it. So, um... Overcooked and bland, just mm-hmm. the way I like just it. Just the way I like it. Well, um, Mr. Jonathan, I do believe you had a, a an update on Jasmine for these for these nice young men. And Jonathan steps up. Ah, yes. Um, so they were able to uh, set her leg. Uh, she may have limited use of the leg, but they don't feel it needs to be removed just yet. They do feel like they're going to give it an opportunity to heal and see what kind of uh, use of the leg she has. They are treating a pretty nasty infection in the leg um, to, you know, make sure she's healthy. She's lost a lot of blood and was needing to get transfusions. Um, so... They're working on it, but you're welcome to stop by is, and see her. Is she conscious? She is currently conscious, but it, it's kind of in and out. The, the pain meds they have her on is kind of having her very sedated, but she does wake. Um, she is talking, things like that. So after dinner, I'll take you by. You can see her. No, no issues. Um, and you can see her whenever you like, unless they're doing any kind of procedures in that case that they would ask you to leave. But otherwise, she does seem to be relaxing and comfortable. Great. Thank you. So I'll turn back to Statham. So, so um, <clears throat> hey, well, we appreciate the save, appreciate the meal, and the help that you're giving Jasmine. But, uh, you know, I can't help but feel there's a, there's some other reason why we're here because it's just been much easier to just take us to an airport, put us on another plane, and get us back to the States. Oh, quite perceptive. Um, well, you know... <laughs> Well, firstly, was that you guys saw things down there that no one here has seen, and we needed to know what was going on down there. Oh, well, we can check that box. Yes. Um, secondly, you do know quite a lot uh, about things that most people of this earth don't know anything about. And I... I know about streets and guns, the smart ones right over there, but check that box. I mean, water weasels and... Inverted water pastries or water muffin. Muffin, muffin. My apologies. Um, cults, sacrifices, things that the general public do not know about, and I wanted to be sure that that knowledge was safe in your hands. Um, I don't I ain't know what I would anybody about this shit. Well, I mean, besides you, but you guys already knew. But when I get back, nobody's gonna believe this shit. They'll have me uh, seeing the. Uh, Precinct psychology, if I, if I start talking about this stuff. Quite true, quite, quite true. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't say that I did have a further reason for bringing you here. 
You two have shown quite promise, and I am always in need of people with your skill sets and tenacity or creativity or thinking on your feet to help us. And Naphrim Corp continues to grow and grow, and they're planning something very, very nefarious. I'm not sure the details, but the the words we're getting is, is quite concerning. Um, and, well, I'm hoping you're willing to help. And I know that's a hard ask. I know that that's a lot to ask of you, especially after all you've been through and you have lives, but... Uh, the world needs our help. I have the funds, I have the the supplies and the people and the things that you need, but I need strong people to put out in the field to help. And I would like for you guys to help us a bit more, if you'd be willing. No need to answer me today. Um, if you don't want to, we'll send you back to America, back to your homes and to your lives, but... We would benefit greatly from your services. So I'll just kind of look over at Evan. Um, what, what does he look like when when Statham says the two of you have proven yourself? Mm, Evan doesn't look like he's retaining much. He's kind of <clears throat> plate to mouth. Just kind of he is eating, through. though. He is eating, but it's very robotic. It's slow. It seems almost like it's just he knows that is what you do when the food is put in front of you. There's not like a drive or a... It, it seems very much like you gave him a, a, a command and a computer eat, gotcha. and o he's Overcooked, un unsalted, seasoned roast beef with a side of catatonia. Mm -hmm. He seems very much out of it. Um, to the point that Jonathan is, you know, seeming to take a bit of interest in Evan. And at one point you see him kind of lean over to one of the people and uh, whisper something about, you know, that maybe Evan needs to be checked by the infirmary, things like that. Because he's noticing some signs that Evan is not coping. And he might need some kind of assistance in that. Um, but Evan doesn't seem to, if he notices that he only mentions the two of you. He does not seem to take quarrel with it. What do you think, Prof? Like I said, feel free to, to take tonight, tomorrow morning, and decide. Um, my helicopter can fly you out at any point back to the local air, uh, you know, airport and we'll pay for a, a flight, um, a standard, normal flight. I'm sure you're very... If you prefer a ship, I could I could have you. She, that would take longer, but it could be done. Um, <laughs> At this point, flying, ocean, both of them seem terrible. But. Uh, understandable. Well, unfortunately, those are the only methods I have to get you across the ocean. So, um, But yes, uh, think about it tonight. No need to continue with that. Um, let's, uh, let's finish up our dinners and uh, retire for the evening. I'm sure you all are very, very exhausted. And um, I will see you in the morning at breakfast. How's that sound? Good. Sounds good. Okay, wonderful. And he um, begins to try to scoot his chair out, and you can tell he's struggling with it, so Jonathan helps him pull his chair out, and he pulls a cane from beside him with a very ornate uh, head on it. It's uh, like the head of like a... It's almost like a hydra, but it's not the same animal, but it's like a multi-headed 
thing and the heads kind of curl together to form like this ball around some kind of silver orb thing. It's very ornate, very beautiful and begins to kind of hobble his way out of the dining hall. Make me a spot hidden, both of you. Poof, you're a spot hidden. Extreme success. 91, I missed. Okay. It's got a hidden sword in it, doesn't it? <laughs> so you being a little um, concerned with, you know, him, he's being so jovial, so sincere, it's just not your your normal fare that you come across, you're, you're paying him extra close attention. And you notice that um, he does seem to have some sort of long-term injury to the leg that's causing him to, to limp. Um, you notice that there seems to be a very similar shape under his waistcoat as is under your waistcoat. And you also notice that the handle to his cane does not seem to be permanently attached to the cane. He's got a sword. He's got a sword. <laughs> yeah, I hated that you ruined my, my reveal for me. Thank you. <laughs> right before you asked for a spot hit, and I was going to say, can I look to see if there's a hidden, you know, if I could tell if there's a hidden sword. In I was like, cane. I'm going to have a cool old British guy with a sword cane. That's perfect. <laughs> but yes, he does seem to be carrying like a small, it's smaller than yours, but a small firearm. Um, and then some sort of concealed weapon cane. Um, but you don't get the impression that they're there for his self-protection. It seems more like he wears them as accoutrements to his person. You know, like some people who, when they have a firearm, they walk with their firearm, like kind of proudly, like I have a gun on me. And he it's just- like the guy who's worn the, the same hairstyle since 1982. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, he used to have use for them when he was younger and he just likes putting them on everything. Yeah. Kind of seems like that. Like he kind of just sometimes goes back and finds his own military outfits and puts them on just to- Ah, still fits. Still fits. <laughs> yeah. Very much that. And he leaves you to your dinner to finish up. As the buttons are stretched. <laughs> still fits. <laughs> Holding on by their last breath. Yeah. Um, he left most of his food on his plate. You know, he picked it bits in there, but he, he didn't by any means finish it very elderly. But he was eating it. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. he was eating it. Um, but, you know, he's elderly and just does not quite have the appetite that he used to have. Probably takes multiple meals throughout the day, smaller meals instead of one large one. But he likes to have a nice formal dinner, you know, even if he doesn't eat most of it. <laughs> so Jonathan left with him. It's just the three of us in here now? Correct. Uh, well, Jonathan has escorted him out. Um, Jonathan does return later. But we got a few Yeah, you minutes. got time, but he is going to come back to take you to the infirmary. Right, right. More for your planning purposes. Yeah. We just had a near-death experience that I'd like to forget and then get a job offer to do that some more. Yeah, Jeez. that sounds like a young man's game, to be honest with you. I... Gave up field work a long time ago in my field because physically it was the smart thing to do. I was more useful teaching people than well, uh, doing adventures. You, uh, you per proved pretty handy back there in the uh, in the water closet. Well, water closet. I, I'm good in a pinch, but eventually no, sure you will have pinched off too much. <laughs> Wow. Well, I was sure glad you were around, man. But, uh, we made a hell of a team down there. We did. But, uh, 
I can't ever see myself putting us, you know, voluntarily going back into situations like that. But I can't see myself living the rest of my life pretending I don't know what I know now. That shit like that exists. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's one of them, what do they call them? Dioramas, you know, (laughs) dilemma. Dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Diorama. (laughs) It is tempting too, to learn more about the Talper people that we learned about on the sub. You're reading that word in that boy's journal. Yeah. I didn't catch most of that. Um, So that's, that's the folks who supposedly made those caverns down there. Yeah, something like that. I'm on board with the learning aspect of it, but physically, am I capable of doing what he's wanting me to do? I'm not sure. I feel like my adventuring days are over. Did you ever see Mad Max Thunderdome? The one with Tina Turner? Yeah. No. So there's this character in there who's called Master Blaster. And it's really two people. There's Master and there's Blaster, right? And Master is this older, kind of a dwarvish guy, um, just beat up physically. Like, there's nothing left. But he's extremely smart and brilliant. And Blaster, Blaster is just this young, muscular stud, but no brains. And so, like, they wake up this harness, and Master sits on top of Blaster, and then they, they just they wreak havoc. They kill shit and people in, in, in Thunderdome. So are you planning to rig up a harness where I sit on your back? No, it's more of a, it's a, an anarchy thing. You know, when you compare two stuff, um, analogy, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was just saying that, you know, you know, we, we compliment each other well. We showed that down there, you know. Your brains, my uh, physical prowess. <laughs> my muscles. Just saying. It, it worked out well, so. I know I'm not I'm not accepting any kind of job from this guy if it's not as a, as a team, because I wouldn't want to do any of that shit without you again. Well, we'll ask for more details tomorrow. Maybe he can tell us somewhat of what he expects out of people he wants to fill this role. Yeah, and geez, I hate to bring too much of my Bronx out, but uh, what about remunerations, you know what I'm saying? That's true as well. About that time, Jonathan walks back in and... What a coincidence. We were um, just done talking. (laughs) Uh, He's followed by a young woman in... The quintessential, like, old school maid, or not uh, maid, but uh, nurse for, okay. outfit, you know, kind like, of knee-length white skirts. So white, it, like, hurts your mm-hmm. eyes with this really starched mm-hmm. hat. Little white, you know, like, penny loafers, like, very, very, very quaint. Um, and White stockings. Yep. Can I tell them. if they're, like, thigh high or... Yeah, make, <laughs> make spot hidden. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. Okay. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to, my dude. I want to imagine what it's That's the fine. way I want it. You can believe what you like. Um, and he kind of like gestures a, a greeting to you and then kind of gives you a, like one moment. Um, and he goes over and kind of leans into Evan's ear and, and says something to the effect of, um, this young lady would like to take you to the infirmary to give you a full checkup if that would be all right with you, sir. And Evan kind of just, yeah. And gets up, stops eating the minute he says something, gets up and... Um, the lady like puts out a arm for him and he takes her and, and they proceed out the room. Uh, 
probably to the infirmary. And Jonathan looks at you. So, um, was gin- was dinner to your liking? It was all right. I am full. <laughs> I do understand. I have taken dinner with Mr. Statham. He does prefer his food on the blander side. Uh, so uh, I hope that you were able to use our emergency stash of, of spices to bring it up to a more palatable oh, geez, level. That was uh, not only appreciated, but like necessary. Yes. I'm going to reach over to Evan's plate and you know, like pluck a ha- uh, uneaten um, roasted potato off of it and pop it in my mouth as yeah. I turn to go with him. Um, so... First, I'm going to just show you some of the basic amenities, and then I'll take you to the infirmary and then to the library, if that's all right with you. All right. So he kind of walks you around, and this is this this place is sprawling. There seems to be stairwells everywhere and hallways everywhere, and all these doors, and most of the doors are labeled with some kind of placard, like a little kind of brawn placard that says, like, kitchen or um, water closet or, you know, the study. It's all very... Like a clue game. Right? It's very, very <laughs> clue. Um, there is a, 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 not necessarily a billiards room, but it's called like a key entertainment room. And he shows you inside. Inside there is like a billiards table, a dartboard. There's like smoking chairs. Like it's it, it reeks of cigars in there, but it seems very nice. And so he, I'm like, hey, prof, this would be the room where there's a secret passage to the conservatory, right? Uh, unfortunately, the conservatory is on the other side of the building, but uh, no secret passages. I do wish. Believe me, I have looked um, in my, my short tenure here. But uh, please is, feel free. Is Jonathan also British? No, Jonathan is American. Uh, so um, did he catch the clue reference, the game? Was, yes, uh, was he kind did. of poking fun at the house. No, he did. And and he almost seems like he kind of gets it. Yeah, you can tell. I'm sure they have clue in Oh, yeah. Too, they have to. Like, I don't, it's, I feel like it's based from there. Like, how would they not? Um, but he seems to kind of get y'all's jokes about it and genuinely gets it. You know, like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I've only been here a couple years now, but, um, this house is, is, is quite extraordinary. So, um, I believe me, I've looked for the secret passages and, you know, like the, the ghosts in the hallway and, and I haven't found any yet, but, uh, you know, here's hoping. Yeah. But, you know, you know, given the old guy's age, you know, stay the night. You know. Codename Mr. White, but then based on what he's carrying, maybe a Colonel Mustard type. Yes, Mr. Statham does like to carry around his sidearm and, uh, you know, I've asked him why and he says he just feels more comfortable. And I, I guess a man who knows as much as he does about what's really out there in the world, I suppose maybe I would also carry a firearm. It makes sense to me. But uh, I've never seen him even take it out of the holster. He has a gentleman come in once a week to clean it and make sure it's all functional. But um, I don't know that it's been fired in, at all in the least the last three years I've been here. So, Heard any strange he had a gimp the whole time you've been here? Yes, as far as I'm aware, he injured it sometime um, many, many years back, probably 20, 30 years ago. Um, something about some sort of fight or brawl. I'm not entirely sure what the... he His stories all begin to kind of run together, and some of them I don't think are entirely true, but it's hard to tell. Something about somebody stabbed him in the knee, and you know he's never been quite the same, but... Um, it, it definitely ails him, especially in the winter time. It's he can hardly walk on it, so you know the cane helps. Um, but like I said, you can come down here at any point that you'd like. It's open. Um, there is a selection of cigars um, available to you. Please help yourself. Um, and continues on the tour. Uh, he takes you and shows you the infirmary, and they do let you know that they can't let you see Jasmine right that moment because she is currently having some um, medications with you know administered blood transfusions, and she's. Not really doing well right this minute, but you do get to see her like through 
like on the other side of the room. And she does look better than when you last saw her. So looking through the window, can can I tell if I want to make sure what they're doing is for her benefit, not for her harm. I got you. Maybe a first aid role. Yeah, certainly. Trying to assess what she, what they're, what they're giving her, things like that. Mostly trying to get tick marks, but yeah. Um, that is a success, 28 yeah. under 30. Um, so you can tell right now they're currently giving her a blood transfusion, changing out IV bags, and there's somebody like rewrapping um, a wound that you guys had failed to notice on her arm. It's not, it's minor, but it looked like it needed stitches. Anybody could have missed that. Did you see how her leg was gushing? Yeah. Um, they have put her in clean new gowns. Um, everything in there is pristinely clean and nice. Although it does seem a little dated in the bed and things like that, the equipment seems on the up and up, like it's upward, but... As far as what you can see, they are taking excellent care of her. Um, her, They have a chart for her. They're taking down all of her IV meds. Um, she, and she looks much better. Her color is back. Like She's not as pallid. She's not shaking. They've brushed out her hair, washed you know all the dirt off of her. Hey, Jonathan, uh, uh, thanks for you guys taking care of her. But uh, hey, can I ask, you know, sometime tonight, doesn't matter what time, you know, if, if they're done with that and... She's awake. Could somebody come give me? I'd really like to. Certainly. Um, I'll have the nurses call your room. I mean, we're the closest thing she's got to friends around here. It's got to be pretty scary for her to wake up someplace. She's never been with people she's never seen doing incredible things to her body. No, I understand. Um, I'll have the nurses call your room if she um, is feeling up to visitors or is conscious enough for you to see her. I will definitely have them call you. Um, and you can see on one of the beds that Evan is sitting down there taking like his blood pressure, checking his pupils, you know, uh, things like that. Checking mower for any major wounds. Um, it seems to be a, a male, te- you know, attending or a doctor or something that's asking him questions. And Evan is kind of just nodding or shaking his head. Um, but he seems to be getting kind of just the once over um, before they figure out if he needs some kind of medical help for whatever's going on. Okay. Yeah. And then he takes you down a another hallway to the library. And he stops and he looks at you, Bernard, and he says, so this is the, uh, the library, which is where you can find any number of classic books, research, uh, encyclopedias, any number of things. However, we do have a separate um, section of our library that is housing more... How should we say? Esoteric. (laughs) Sensitive. Sensitive documentation. You're still, uh, according to Mr. Statham, still allowed to have access to it. Um, But it's not going to be your general reading leisure. This is things more regarding Nafrim Corp, uh, the oddities of the world. Um, There are some research logs and some very old tomes of uh, his predecessors talking about some of their encounters. Um, So please feel free. Any kind of points to a room to the left of the... Uh, library but it looks much smaller it's like at the very end of the hallway whereas the library takes up a very large chunk of this hallway and he opens the door and you can see the library inside is floor-to-ceiling books with you know those rolling ladders and very big comfy armchairs and those little green hanging light things you know that sit on tables in nice old things um 
Is there anything else that you'd like to see? Uh, the grounds, or are you ready to retire for the night? Uh, you can stay here. Uh, I'm fully at your disposal. I'm going to hang out in the library for a while. Yeah, hey, uh, so let's stick together. Um, <clears throat> any idea on, you know, if, if they're just going to, like, patch Evan up, maybe give him some aspirin or something and send him back? Um, I don't know. They are concerned that he may be in severe shock um, or some sort of mental break. So they're doing a, a, a physical checkup on him right now to be sure there's no physical issues. If not, then they're probably going to have um, a psychiatrist come in in the morning. We don't have one on staff to... So it sounds like he's going to stay in the infirmary. infirmary. He can go if he would like, but uh, we we're going to suggest heavily that he see someone because he, he's not in a good state. And, and we don't want him going well, if we home. Could get, if, if the decision is he stays in the infirmary tonight instead of coming up to the bedroom I share with him, mm -hmm. somebody send word, so... Uh, I believe tonight he would be staying in the infirmary. Okay. He seems amicable, um, which honestly is part of the reason we're concerned is it seems like anything you tell him to do or to want, he seems to be, I, I'm sure you noticed, he seems very robotic at this point as though he's not really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always an agreeable kind, but uh, you got any Clive Cussler in here? Uh, possibly. I'm not uh, super familiar with uh, with that, but. Um, you seem like more of a John Grisham kind of guy. Hmm. Uh, would you like for me to send for coffee or tea? Normally or? I am, but you know, after being on a plane, the crash in the ocean, and all this stuff on there, it's just kind of feeling well, that like Clive Custler vibe, you know. Um, would you like for me to send down for coffee or tea? Um, maybe a couple nightcaps for you yeah, while you're enjoying the work. I don't want anything with caffeine because, man, I feel like when I hit the bed, I'll be gone. But I don't know, a couple fingers of. Uh, scotch would be nice. Certainly. I will send those down with you. Uh, uh, please be careful around the books. And um, But yeah, I'll have that sent down to you. And he hands you each a little card that has like some basic extensions. You know, if you want to call down to the kitchen, you want to call to his room, to what they call the front office. You did walk by. It's not really a front office. It's like a parlor that has like a small desk area, which is for like, you know, just managing the manor because it is so large it operates very much like a hotel at this point um it does let you know kind of the hours of operation for some of the other areas but you know his extension and there is a little place in the back where you can write down other things like your each other's room extensions and all that stuff and he lets you know that um he'll be sure that the infirmary knows to call you and give you an update later this evening as to your your two friends and then he excuses himself, and maybe ten minutes later, a nice young lady comes in with a, a very small decanter of what looks like very good scotch, and two small glasses, and then like a little little tiny thing of ice should you choose, and sets it down and, and leaves you to your librarying. Drink? Sure. Rocks? Nah, just straight. Straight. All right. I'll pour a straight scotch in the bottle, and I'll hand one to him. I will either, you know, find some uh, novel that looks like I would not get that much into it because I'd fall asleep and whatever. I'm going to grab it and just plop down on one of the plush sofas, throw my feet up on a coffee table. Certainly. <clears throat> yeah, you're able to find some. The first couple that you open are all very wordy. Pictures are good. Right. So you end up finding something that's a little more your speed. Um, it doesn't seem well-worn. Like maybe, and as Mr. Statham said, he likes to, when he gets new book recommendations, have them added to the library. This looks like not really many people have 
Reddit because it's got like a picture of like a really buff man on the front with like a damsel in distress and her hair is blowing back. But it looked really good to you off the shelf. Spine makes that first creaking sound when it gets open for mm-hmm. the first time. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, yeah, I'm just going to start. Okay. What do you want to do in the library, Mr. Library Man? I'm going to the sensitive area of the sensitive. library. Okay. And I'm going to do like a quick scan and see what pops up. Certainly. So you find that it it has some rhyme or reason, but given that the subject matter is so diverse in this room, that <laughs> it's kind of just vaguely categorized. Like there seems to be like a section of like journals or research logs or any number of things that kind of talk about people's personal experiences. And then there seems to be some collection of books that are written by outside sources on the occult. Some of them are newer. Some of them seem to be older. Um, There seems to be several little like sticky notes stuck in them or like little pieces of paper that kind of let you know that some of these may not be completely factual. Um, Like somebody has made a note like questionable references, um, uh, opinion-based, you know, things like that. So it's not all fact. And then there seems to be one that is a section that is just um, historical documents regarding Naphram Corp and Statham Corp and their histories and the different corporations that they've operated under, the different, you know, family trees or genealogical records, things like that. I'll start out with that one. Okay. So what are you looking for? Just want to read. Okay. Does anything pop out at me? Make me a library use roll. Do I get to check it if I burn luck? I don't know. Ask your DM. I think per rules it was no. I think it is a no. Because you didn't like develop a new skill or a new method of doing something to make something work. You lucked out. I will burn the luck to get a regular success. Okay. So tell me this. Are you looking in this in... Are you starting in Naphram Corp's history or Statham Corp's history? Statham. Okay. So you can see that currently Statham Corp is uh, operating under several different business names. There's some investment companies, some shipping and receiving companies, um, just some basic information on the different companies and how they kind of all tie in together. You can see that Mr. Statham does have some living relatives. He seems to have a niece and nephew um, that live nearby. Um, His siblings... Um, seem to have already passed and it shows kind of the hierarchy that you know he took this over from his father who took it over from his father and prior to Statham Corp they operated as um, just a very wealthy family in the English countryside that you know worked within those realms before we had had a lot of documentation as to what your money actually came from. 
And you can see that they've, you know, been a wealthy family for several centuries. Um, there's some notes about, you know, when they were part of parliaments or, you know, barons or things like that. And that the land that they live on has been in their family for several hundred years. Um, but it, it, it gives you a pretty concise record leading up to about three or four hundred years ago. Um, talking about how anytime something odd or out of the normal realm of understanding would happen, that the local people in the area would reach out to someone in the Statham family who seemed to always be able to handle them, and they would dispatch either knights or, you know, soldiers or, you know, researchers or something to go deal with these problems. And over time, they have collected a massive amount of information on these occult-style issues that are happening. And as they've gotten more and more money, they've been able to branch out to other countries, you know, the Americas, Mexico, and they're currently working on um, building a small estate um, in Southern Africa so they can research some sort of claims against a, a forgotten tribe lost in a, in a jungle. Um, it's yet to be confirmed, but they're in the works of purchasing some land down there to begin building so that they can have some reach in that direction as well. Does it mention the tribe? Um, no, the, the details seem to be scant. A lot of the details seem to be scant. It seems as though they hear whispers of, you know, something may be happening here and they try to send somebody out to check on it. If they get enough, you know, information back that they think it's worth their time, then they will go investigate further. Um, it seems like they sent somebody out maybe last year who did find some pretty hard evidence that some lost tribe had been found in South Africa and that it was definitely worth their time to go hunt it down, given that some of the artifacts from the tribe seem to be excessively old in the makeup of the item, but lack the age, the agedness of the item, if that makes sense. Lack the patina. They lack the patina. So it's almost like these artifacts were plucked out from, you know, a thousand years ago and made today, but of the same materials and same workmanship that would have been done a thousand years ago. And it's definitely piqued Mr. Stantham's uh, interest. Okay, what's it say about Nafram? So, for Nafram, give me another library use rule. Hopefully a better one. Yeah, by the way, I looked it up. You can't check a box when you use luck. <clears throat> or if you use a bonus die. Missed. <clears throat> okay, so you're still able to find some information about Nafram Corp, but Nafram Corp is so much larger that a lot of his documentation is a maze of you know this shell company owns these subsidiaries who then report to the and it's all very confusing and with your lack of corporate law understanding you you're struggling a little bit with some of it um but you do some find some vague uh descriptions as to the beginnings of nafram corp and apparently Several hundred years ago, about the time that the Statham family started um, researching these occult findings, um, John, uh, 
Jeffrey Stantham, who was the original founder of Stantham family occult findings or Scooby-Doo gang, whatever you want to call it, um, had a very good friend uh, named Charles Nafram. And Charles found some sort of artifact. Are you sure it wasn't Eric Statham? I'm sure. Okay. We're not playing X-Men. Are we not, though? though. Sure it's not Jason? Jason. No. Is he Um, bald? No. (laughs) He had a full head of hair. What about Charles? No. (laughs) Uh, So Charles found some sort of artifact uh, that was very strange and... The, between the two of them were able to find some old manuscripts referring to an ancient god called Kathapa. That's C-apostrophe-T-H-A-L-P-A. And Kathapa is said to be this sentient magma that lives in the core or just below the mantle of the earth. Um, And that long ago, before the earth's shell had hardened, that Kathapa birthed into existence um, six children. That five of which are unnamed. One has been named in one book as the great old one, Sharat, which is S-H-T- E R O T. Shit rot. <laughs> Shit rot. Yeah. Shit rot. Um, all of her children were hideous, monstrous creatures um, that could swallow men whole, that were these just abominations of nature. And when the earth began to form, they were spread out along the earth in all these different areas. And after the human race began to evolve, that she became trapped in this mantle of the earth. And that it's her will to reach the surface again, to destroy all surface dwellers. She Cathalpa or she Sharat? Cathalpa. It only vaguely mentions Sharat, just that that's the only one of her named children of the six. The other ones gotcha. are unnamed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Cathalpa did manage to ensnare a group of humans and drive them underground in her service. And that she uses these underground humanoid evolutionary offshoots to achieve her goals on the surface. And apparently whatever relic that Charles Nafram found came from this evolutionary offshoot of people. And somehow this relic poisoned his mind. It drove him mad. And all of his offspring. And according to the, the mythology behind all of this, that the Nafram family is cursed with this madness from this relic that they still hold in their possession. And that Nafram Corp has, since then, spent all of its time and resources finding ways to free Cathalpa. So I am going to, with this part of the book open, walk to 
where Nathaniel is reading. And at this point, I must be on like page three. Speed <laughs> reading. Going to, uh, is there a chair next to him? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sit down and say, hey, Nathaniel, take yeah. a look at something real quick for me. And I'm going to sort of slide the book over and explain a lot of this, but leaning more towards the corporate history mm-hmm. portion of it and sort of not leaving out, but not so much fleshing out the... Right. Glazing over the... So the more occulty stuff. If, if he's showing me the corporate history stuff, could I make a law roll to see if I can like pierce the corporate veil here? And You certainly could. As a police officer who investigates, you know, corrupt business owners and things like that, you've had a little bit of dealings with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. Do it. That is a massive failure. <laughs> but since we're sitting here in this quiet little library and nothing to do till breakfast in the morning, can I push this roll? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I'd like to push it is I'm going to reach into my jacket pocket. I'm going to pull out my little spiral-bound top flip notebook and I'm going to start like drawing little boxes and labeling them with little corporate names and see if I can like draw out. You're going to try to like beautiful mind this. As I'm reading it, you know, I'm like kind yeah. of sketching it out. And that's yeah. how I'd like to push yeah. the roll. It's going to take you time, but you have all the time until morning. So if you succeed, it takes you a couple hours, but you are able to eventually. Yeah. And once he shows it to me and I can't figure it out the first time, then. A couple hours seems like nothing that right. will pass by. Like I am now, like, I, I've got to figure mm-hmm. this out. Yeah, and so that's a success. Twenty four hundred twenty versus a forty five. That's also how a lot of people read Tolkien. That's true. <laughs> really? Yeah. So after a how couple I should hours, have read Tolkien before oh, we time jump. Yes. Um. Now that I have the names Cathalpa, Shatarut. Yeah, however you Shit say that. Shitrot. Shitrot. <laughs> now that I have those names and Talpur, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back through the sensitive side and see if anything strikes me as possibly being related to that. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and tell him what he finds. You make me two library use rolls for the two hours that it takes him, and at the end of two hours, you'll see what you found. Okay. So at the end of the two hours, your friend Bernard here has been gone doing his own research, and you have sprawled out onto the floor. I like to think that you even called Jonathan to bring you bigger paper. And by the end of it, you have like this like conspiracy-style sprawling on the floor where you've like taken... Just because there were too many bookshelves, I couldn't find wall space to create my murder board. Yeah, so you just like went all over the floor. Um, but you eventually kind of decipher it out and you can see that, um, Nafram Corp is, they've done a lot of research and they can find a lot of these above books stuff, you know, all these very similar kind of companies as Statham has shipping, investing, anything where that money laundering is pretty easy. Um, but they also seem to have a lot of below books 
dealings. Um, they're involved with a lot of mafias and drug cartels and um, slave traders, poachers, any number of nefarious things. Um, you're able to find some tie back to Nafrim Corp, even though some of them are estranged. They're through several shell companies, through several subsidiaries, through all these different things. You're able to find these common threads. You do find one interesting piece of information. You find a um, mention of somebody named Steele. S-T-E-E-L-E. And they are only referred to ever as Steele, but they seem to be the current CEO of Nafram. And that Statham is not sure how Steele came to be CEO because as of about maybe 10-15 years ago, there was a different CEO and there have been major shifts in Nafram's comings and goings and their different ways of achieving their goals since this new CEO has taken over. They're seeing a lot more social media, a lot more giveaways and, you know, things like that. Um, trying to create viral items, trying to... It feels like this CEO is gearing towards the more tech-savvy, younger users than the last CEO, who was dealing a lot more with business contacts. This one seems to be trying to reach a whole new demographic of civilian life. And that Statham is very concerned with the steel person and what they are planning due to this huge shift in the way that they're operating the business. They don't know a lot about steel just yet. Um, they don't even know if it's a man or a woman. Um, as far as anybody knows, no one has seen steel. Um, but they do know that whatever steel is doing seems to be distinctly different than the last CEO. Okay. All right. What'd you roll? I rolled an 03 for an extreme success and a 92. Okay. So. For a regular fail. You weren't able to find much more on Cathalpa. You did find a few books that mention Cathalpa and you were able to find some drawings. Um, one of which definitely caught your eye. Which was a, it was a it was a depiction of like this large hole that at the very bottom, deep, deep, deep down, was this like glowing red. Um, and off to one side was the sigil that you saw in the cavern, and it was all very reminiscent of what you've seen in that cavern. Um, but you were able to find a little information about one of Cathalpa's. Um, other children statham has been able to for the most part figure out that the guardian of the gate down in this cavern is one of Cathalpa's children and they call it the monstrous guardian um they weren't sure how it looked or anything like that but they did know that they had seen multiple things being drugged down they were seeing a lot of um, disturbances in the local ecosystems. They sent down different, I, want, I don't want to say probes, but 
unmanned research submarines submarines that were able to identify some kind of very large moving thing in that area um, before they were destroyed. Um, so you're able to kind of tie that. And then you do find a little bit about the Talpers. So, well, you find some really good information about the Talpers. So the Talpers are this supposed underground civilization of these offshoots of human evolution. And for the lack of a better descriptor, a lot of times they call them mole people. But they said to be nearly blind, um, living in near darkness. And there's lots of these old stories that pass around the English countryside about these mole people coming up and snatching children, livestock, um, supplies, grain, things like that. Um, Statham has yet to find any sort of access that they might have. They've yet to find even true hard evidence aside from the one body that you read about in the journal you found the submarine. Um, so far, that is the first piece of physical evidence they have of the Talpers. Um, but the Statham Corp has it in their possession, and their scientists are currently running tests to see all the different evolutionary differences and how far back they would have had to splay off from humans to reach this point of evolution. Um, but that, as far as they can tell, the Talpers... If they are everything that the legends say they are, are the loyal servants of Kathalpa, whose job it is to enact her wishes and find a way to destabilize the surface world enough and free her so that she might destroy this world-sized cage that she is locked inside of. Um, Statham does have a strong inclination that there is a city of Talpers in a countryside a couple hours drive from here. They've done some ecological research, some overhead like sonar type things, and have been able to find some kind of large cavernous system just below the surface. Um, still a bit of digging and drilling to get down to it, but they are trying currently to get the go-ahead clearance from the owners of that land to be able to get down to the Talpers. Um, but they're running into a lot of resistance from the local peoples. And they're having a hard time explaining why they need to drill down. I'm going to walk back to Nathaniel and relay some of that info. And... Maybe to give context, flesh out the other occult stuff a little bit more so that it kind of, even though it won't make sense, it will make more sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Hey, these these Nafram folks, I mean, I mean just look. You know, you'll see on the floor all this shit. <laughs> How do you what, do you, what are you thinking when you see his like conspiracy style spread? Is this your research style as well? Like, spread out as far as possible? Or are you more bullet points and outlines kind of guy? I think it would be something that would be familiar to an archaeologist to splay everything out, 
with labels and... Yeah, I didn't have any labeling, but look, uh, any time between one piece of paper and another, one of these throw pillows exists, that represents a strong connection from that one to this one. And when I just pull some of these doilies and uh, lace things off of these uh, knick-knack tables and lay those out, it's a weaker connection. But look here, you can see this Naphrom Corp, like a lot of shell companies, you know, like um, Experion Shipping, the uh, the the Flex Steel um, Corp over here. Like it all looks above border. You start getting down in there, there are levels and layers of, of shell companies that get all the way down to. Uh, money laundering, mafia involvement, Jesus, poachers, slavers, all of this stuff. And I ran across this name, this steel guy. Steel. He's apparently their CEO, but according to all these notes, uh, Statham can't figure out where he came from or what's happening, but he, he's changed the way they do business. I mean, look at all these these companies. They're all, they're just all old school industrial shit, right? But this guy, he's going big. He's going new. He's like into the internet and shit. It's like he's taking this e-commerce approach to uh, evil corporation shit, man, which makes perfect sense if you think about how they got us on that plane, right? Yeah. So I don't know, man, but this dude seems pretty tech savvy and they can't figure him out. But what I'm looking at is an evil corporation about to go on steroids, man. That... Sounds about right. I just imagine you would like. Can I get inspiration for that? Yeah, you can have inspiration. I imagine you like took all the cords off the uh, the curtains and like you got cords and stuff everywhere. Lace doilies, throw pillows. Because I didn't have any yarn and and thumbtacks. So you know, taking all this with what you said, if that's what. If that's what Nafrom Corp is about, helping these what you call them. Limpers, uh, talpers. talpers, folks, break this cathalper. This is wicked shit, man. And this new steel guy is about to take their adventures to the next level. And if they've been fighting, stayed them all along, and and being thwarted in their attempts, when I mean, they're about to jump leaps and bounds and decades beyond what I'm seeing in Statham Corp. Because look around, they're pretty old school. Yeah. This guy's going new world, man. Maybe he needs a little help in that area. Going into a new arena. Maybe yeah. he needs a if new way of fighting. they keep fighting this fight the way they've been fighting, they're about to lose. Which means we all lose, right? I mean, if you believe all this shit. Oh, look at me, man. I'm getting all wrapped up in this fucking bullshit now. Well, it's hard not to believe it after what we saw down below. And I'm going to point out the symbol that was in the book and look at this here. And the Kithalpa's kid that would I think there was enough about the water weasel and the guardian that they would be the same? Yeah, as best you can tell, uh, it is the same. Uh, Statham did not have any pictures or any video reference but from what their science vessels were able to gather there was something large living in those caverns um and uh, comparing the notes of what you've experienced and what they have there you're reasonably certain that they were encountering the water weasel um 
and just didn't, you know, they named it something different, obviously, because they had never seen it. They just knew something grotesque. Yeah, they didn't was down know there. any better. They yeah. didn't know how great of a name the water weasel yeah. is. So they need a new PR team, like, easily. Right. They got to go e commerce. They do. But you, from leaving them behind. <laughs> you see here, the water weasel was possibly the guardian that we were supposed to be Holy sacrificed shit. to. So you're telling me, according to you know, that damn suit lady down there, that was the big play. That water weasel sacrifice was going to open up the gate right then and there for Cathapa. Mm-hmm. If they were correct... I don't know how, but so we've already taken out one of the kids of Cathalpa, if that's the case. Well, she don't know we did it. Even if she did, she's in jail. What's she going to do? Like yeah, right. get somebody on the outside to come bang us? And let's face it, if she breaks out, we're all <coughs> fucked anyway. So Yeah. Not just you. Just Everybody. put a big side around. I killed Cathalpa's kid. <laughs> Actually, it would be best. T-shirts. Kill me first. <laughs> I don't want to live through the burning of the entire world. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm getting a little tired. Might be time to turn in. Yeah, I'm going to turn in. Notice that I haven't taken one sip of the scotch that I poured. Did you pour of, it on the rocks? Uh, no. It was okay. Both of them were neat. Um, so I'll reach out and grab it and throw the whole thing back in one swing. Like, yeah, we... I, I think I can leave this all right here. There's still a, there's a connection from here to here. And just, hold on a second. I'm taking a little note. Jonathan, don't touch. <laughs> like lay yeah. it on there. This tiny little notepad in the midst of the entire right, thing. Right. <laughs> it's my little three by five. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jonathan, don't touch. It clears it out. Yep. <clears throat> Let's go upstairs. All right. Let's turn in. So you turn into in for bed. Um, after. A few minutes, you get a phone call on your phone at your room. Um, there says that they tried to call you earlier, but you didn't answer. But they wanted to let you know that Jasmine is um, doing very well. She's re- responding very well to antibiotics. Um, she is up to seeing visitors at any point. She is sleeping currently, but if you'd like to come down, they would wake her. It's really up to you, but she has taken a turn for the better. The fever's gone. She definitely seems to be on the upside after the blood transfusions. Evan has elected to stay in the infirmary for the evening. He is going to be seeing a psychologist in the morning. To uh, They don't find anything physically wrong with him aside from minor cuts and bruises, but he definitely seems to be struggling with some sort of post-traumatic stress, some kind of shock, you know, something. Um, but he is also accepting visitors at any point in your leisure. So, so I'll sit up in, on my bed. You know, I just kind of threw myself down on there. I still got my clothes on, but uh, I take my shoes off. So I'll sit up on my bed and start... To put my shoes back on, and I don't even get the first one on, and I'll lay it back down. She's resting. I'm going to let her sleep. I'll talk to her in the morning. She's in good hands. Okay. As the lights in the house begin to go off, you turn off your bedside lights. It's very warm, and it smells of old books and leather and a faint bit of cigar and whiskey smell in the whole house. Like, it's kind of, like, infused in the whole home. Um, you're finally able to relax, and that's when you realize how much your body's actually hurt just from so much stress over the last day. And you, we were in a plane crash for crying. You were. Um, and you both begin to drift off to sleep. Um, it is a very good night's sleep. It's almost like you close your eyes to blink, and then you open your eyes, and it's morning. 
Um, you awaken to small little notes on trays on your bedside table that say, um, please see us for breakfast at your earliest convenience, Mr. Stantham. And that's where we're going to end it tonight. Cool. That was a lot of fun. I like the, the story that's developing here. Me too. I like, I'm happy to see where it goes. <laughs> Just play about here, folks. No, she has, I've seen it at home. She has at least 5,000 pages of lore and world building. No, sir. I have 17 sticky notes on an app. More plot, That's all more I, interwoven that's threads than Marvel. There's not. There's some very basic, it. maybe and this She's happens. downplaying it, but it's obvious there's months, maybe even years worth of work have gone into this. Taika Watiti <laughs> is directing our next episode. Yeah. Can we say that on Twitter? See, they can't. They, they both know they're lying because they saw me get in here <laughs> 45, like 15 minutes before stream and start furiously typing as I was like, I need to know what they're doing today. <laughs> Um, love that episode. Love that session. I'm glad. I glad. wanted you guys to have a bit of downtime. Yeah, I really like the corporate corporate versus corporate thing going on here. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we're going to leave it tonight. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. And I hope everybody come back next week to see us. And that's been it. Cool. And. Stuff. Things. Mm-hmm. Stuff and things. Uh, I've been your keeper, Emily. That's Steve. That's John. We're Percentile Vice, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Turn off the camera. Turn off the mic. Oh, no. Turn it I off. I forgot how. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Do not edit that part out. I hate role play. Don't play this game to roleplay. <laughs>